rising on an emerging generation of kings. Matthew 13, sorry, Matthew 3 from verse 13 all the way to verse 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan. Not talking about Mike. To be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I am the one. I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? In other words, I'm the one to be baptized by you, not you. Come into me for baptism. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so when? Now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he, Jesus, saw the spirit of God descending like a dove, not the, not the soap, and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, what? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Let's go to the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. From verse 12, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, what will happen? You will leave for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. Any son of God in the house this morning? For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out. The Spirit himself, what does he do now? Bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then we are heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Please, I'm going to look for five people that might mean standing up and tell those five people, my daddy is sorting out my daddy issues today. My daddy, something on my daddy issues today. Yes. And before you are seated, look for a man and shout Happy Father's Day. Happy 
please, you may be seated. It is important that we deal with. <laughs> oh, I didn't see. Okay. Oh, y'all are so cute. Thank you so much. Love you guys. And ah. let me preach. <laughs> you know, there's a mushy part of me. Right. So. <laughs> We need to talk about daddy issues. We need to talk about daddies and daddying because um, many people have not really paid attention to that area. I think that one of the disadvantages that we have as human beings is that we sort of like assume that the fact that we hear something over and over again, that we understand it. But the fact that you hear something does not mean you understand. The fact that you see something regularly does not mean you really understand it. For an example, or for example, you see this microphone every Sunday, right? Doesn't mean you can operate it. Does it mean that you understand the technology behind it? Does it mean that if the sound engineers were not around, I can throw this to anybody here and they'll get the sound working? No. So the fact that you're exposed to something regularly does not mean you understand it comprehensively. And that applies to many areas, relationships, marriage, family, ministry, money, finances. But this one, I want to talk about how it relates to fatherhood and daddy, daddy, son relationship, daddy, daughter relationship, uh, daddy, uh, husband, wife relationship and the likes. Fatherhood is so essential that the greatest title that God has is father. It's more than a title. It is who he is. He is father. God will rather be your father than your healer. You know why? If it's your healer, is using his skills. If it's your father, is deploying the spirits. And his spirits is more powerful than just his skills. Right? What's the, the stronger relationship, the deeper relationship? A doctor and a patient or a father and the son? Make it louder if you're convinced. What's the deeper relationship, a lawyer and a client or a father and his son? What's the greatest relationship, a car owner and the mechanic or <laughs> and the father or a son? So a lot of people have studied God as healer. So they can even memorize scriptures about God being a healer. They memorize scriptures about God being a provider. Memorize scriptures about God being a deliverer. There are people who know more warfare prayers than they know daddy's scriptures. Yeah. And we may not see this as a problem, but it's actually a challenge. Because with all due respect, when you know God is your daddy, there are some prayers you won't spend some more time on. For example, Jesus teaches us very clearly. It says, do not worry about what you will eat or what you will drink, what you will wear. It says, do not worry about your life. Take no thought what tomorrow will bring. It says, because your heavenly father knows that you have need of those things. Look at the birds of the air. They neither toil nor the spin. Yet Solomon, it says, your father feeds them. They do not have storehouse or bands. Yet your father feeds them. Look at the flowers of the field. They neither toil nor the spin. But your heavenly father clothes them. Not even even Solomon in all of his glory, Minister Solomon inclusive, is as, as glad as any of those flowers. Jesus is saying that when I understand fatherhood, there are some battles I don't even get involved in because I know my daddy will speak for me. Are we here now? 
oh, my wife told me that somebody said or did something yesterday and I was about to fight that person. I was about to slap that person into 1632. And then she enters and says, ah, Pidams, please, oh, don't, 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 you know, don't, 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 right? Because there are some battles that you don't need to speak. Your father takes it on. Now, what the enemy then tries to do is that since he knows that the biggest revelation of God is as his father, he's going to try to mess that up, to violate that, to downplay that, to break every representation of that. He's going to work spiritually, he's going to work emotionally, he's going to work environmentally, he's going to work in ministries, he's going to work in families to ensure that nobody gets an accurate picture of the Father. Can I propose to you, almost every struggle in your life is rooted in a distortion of your perception of God. The first sin in the Bible comes as a result of distortion. Did God really say? In, your, in other words, is this your so-called father that responsible? Is he that generous? Are you sure he's not hiding something from you? Are you convinced that he has not told you don't eat of this fruit because there's something he does not want you to know? This is the reason when Jesus comes, he says, he that has seen me has seen the father. Why? Because the father is perfect. The father has no deficiencies. Somebody say, God is my father. Please say louder, say, God is my father. In the Old Testament, we see God being referred to as our father only 13 times, one, three times, only 13 times, because the Old Testament mind had not seen redemption reality. So they saw God as a functionary. They saw God as a doer. They saw God as a, a skills person or a craftsman or an idol or father who's, or rather God who's not intimate or who's not close. In the New Testament, Jesus refers to God as father a hundred and fifty times Jesus calls God his father my father I do nothing except that which I see my father do my father causes good to come to the good and the evil my father clothes them my father and then it refers to God as our fathers and your father 30 times in other words even in the ministry of Jesus he is five times conscious as conscious as God being his father as he is in expressing God as your father wow. oh, somebody needs to get that he's so conscious God is my father he says it over and over 150 times but in his teachings he shares it 30 times which means that even effective ministry does not happen until you're so conscious that God is your father why because if you don't know God is your father you will not be able to father people rightly it takes somebody who's been well fathered to father people it takes somebody who's been well nurtured to nurture people. This is the reason there are so many issues in society because we don't have enough fathers that are like God. And where there are no fathers who are like God, you're going to find chaos, you're going to find disorder, we're going to find disunity, we're going to find disharmony. I'll give you a list of specific things that happen when the right kinds of fathers are not available. Now, what does father mean? Father in the Hebrew is Abba. It essentially means the source and the sustainer. The source and the sustainer. Another way to put it is that he's the originator and the cultivator. 
So a father is the source and the sustainer. Listen to this, please. It means that if biologically, and I say this with every sense of responsibility, biologically, you don't know who your father is. Listen, you might not agree. There is a gap in your development. There is a gap. You never knew who your father was or is, there's a gap. If you were not close to your father, there is a gap. If you had a wrong relation with your father, there is a gap. Look at your neighbor and say, be like, say, this is not gap TV. (laughs) Are you hearing this? This is so major because many of us don't realize the gap. And so we think that some of the battles we are fighting are demons attacking us. But many of the battles we're fighting is that there are gaps in our development process that we're not even conscious of. And because we're not conscious of them, we're not even addressing the real issues. A father is a source and a sustainer. As a matter of fact, your first image of yourself is determined by the presence or the absence of a father in your life. (laughs) I know these are sensitive issues, but they must be addressed. I'll show you what. Mbona, please come help me. By the way, who was blessed and inspired by Jason's leading prayer session? This one, that was, that was so sweet and, and fresh. Who was, who was Adam's father? I'm not talking about Sandler. Who was Adam's father? Who was Adam's father? God. God was Adam's father. When God made Adam and he breathed life into his nostrils, who was the first person Adam saw? God. So the first image the man saw was the image of God. That was the first image that Adam saw. Boom! The first impression, the first picture, the the first thing he could connect with was the image of God. When Eve came out of Adam, who was the first thing that Eve saw? Adam. Adam. What does that say to you? Whatever was there before you came will determine what you see after you arrive. So the first thing that you saw in your father, whether there was a father or the absence of a father, let me put it like this. If you didn't have a father growing up, there was nobody in your life. There is a part of you that is looking for something that you may not even know is the father you're looking for. Because everything was designed to be rooted or connected to its source. As a matter of fact, in God creating anything, he spoke to that thing to bring forth. When he wanted fish, he spoke to the water to bring forth fish. When he wanted uh, trees, he spoke to the earth to bring forth trees. When he wanted you, he spoke to himself to bring forth you. And when he wanted a woman out of the man, he brought the woman out of the man. When he wanted to give the woman children, where did he bring the woman from? The children from? so your identity is rooted in your source it is fathers that give identity so when there's no father figure in my life 
especially in the infant's years. Now, I'm not saying that God cannot heal that. In fact, that's why we're having this service, because God can sort out those issues. Now, somebody says, oh, but it's not my fault. My parents had me out of wedlock. It's not your fault. But how many of you know that the fact that it's not your fault does not mean your phone cannot break? Right? Somebody was running and hit you. and then Now, do you say that because you didn't break the phone, the phone is not broken? Get where I'm coming from. So the fact that it's not your fault does not mean something is not fractured. Yeah. It takes a lot of humility to be able to identify some of those gaps. So when God made Adam, what God, you know, there was, there was time between when Adam and God were rolling together, a time we don't know how long it was before Eve came into the picture. Right? Why? Because God is not going to entrust you with the other things he's creating when he has not spent time with you. Which means the true fatherhood needs the picture of the perfect father first. This is a reason, let me speak to the men. Men, it is not right for your wife to be more spiritual than you. Oh, come on, come on, you guys. Come on, y'all talk to me now? Oh, come on, talk to me now. The men are not talking, the women are not talking. He said, I'm not very prayerful, but thank God for my prayer woman. Ah. <laughs> Your altar with God should be so strong that it alters everything in your home. Your altar should not cause people to falter, to fail. Now, when God walked with Adam, he was raising this guy. Now, why did he make him? So that as God is heavenly father, Adam can be what? Earthly father. This is the reason. Watch this. God made Adam and named him. But God made animals. Who named the animals? Adam. Because Adam was supposed to be the source and the sustainer of the earth. Adam was supposed to be the one carrying the river of life. So Eden, the earth, is a picture of man. How is the earth a picture of man? Man's body was made out of the earth. The earth, physical earth, is made of 70% water. Man's body is made of 70% water. The earth brings forth, man is supposed to bring forth. Out of the garden there is a river with four streams. Similarly in man, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Out of the garden there were trees planted. You're called a tree of righteousness. So God's desire is that Adam will father the earth the way I father him. Adam's dominion will be an amplification, an echo of Adam's communion. So I will be the invisible daddy, but Adam will make me visible to all of creation. 
That's why Romans 8 does not say the earnest expectation uh, of the creatures waits for the manifestation of God. They are not waiting for the manifestation of God. They are waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God because sons reveal their fathers in a different dimension. Oh, are we, are we warming up already? This is important. Man without God will make himself a God, yet not be man enough. Man without God will make himself a God, an idol, yet he will not be man enough to handle life. Holy shit, are you here? So God says, nobody can see me. You can't see me. Listen to this. Can I say something to you? On earth, you need time, right? Yes, so it's on earth that it takes time for you to form what God has done. Yeah. <laughs> so Adam is essentially an image. But he came into being. He became a living soul after he had a vessel that was made out of the earth. Why? You must be made of the material of the realm you intend to operate in. <laughs> he that is born of the flesh is he that is born of the spirit is so for you to worship you must worship in spirit and in that's why you have a recreated human spirit to be able to worship God so to function on earth what do you need earth body this is the reason a man, the first thing the devil attacks in a man, number one, the image of God. That's the first thing, the image of God. So the man either doesn't see God, acknowledge God. That's why the Bible says the fool has said where? In his heart there is. Why is he a fool? Because the moment you deny God, you've denied wisdom. In him are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Christ. So he's a fool, not because we're trying to insult him, but because that becomes the state he assumes because he has disconnected himself from the source of wisdom. So the first thing he attacks is the image of God. There's no God, or God is bad, or God is evil. Number two, he attacks the man's image of himself. Glory to God. Thank you, Mazi. God is Father. God wants to fix that image. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 7. Look at it very quickly. Isaiah 64, verse 7. Help us. Yet, Lord, you are, media, our Father. We are the clay, and you are our porter. We are all the works of your hand. Is that correct? Well, that, that's the wrong reference. Help me with the right, right reference. Six to four, okay, yeah, that verse eight, sorry. But now, Lord, you are a father. We are the we are the shout aloud and who did uh, arts and crafts secondary school or university? 
You didn't do arts and crafts, fine arts, anything like that. Who molded something? You molded something. All right, you molded something. Okay, plastic or whatever. What comes first? What you mold or the image of what you want to mold? I'm trying to show you something. What comes first, the material or the image? The image comes first. Man, your image comes first. Capital H-E. He mage comes first. In other words, if you have not seen God, you cannot see yourself. Listen, if you see God and you if not seen God and you find money, you are still lost. If you don't see God and you find a wife, you are still lost and you will misplace her. You will place her wrongly. If you've not seen God, you've not experienced God, and you see fame, you will get lost in the fame. I still feel empty. He says that God, you are our what? Father, capital Father, which means you are our source and you are sustainer. We are the clay and your porter, and all we are the work of your hand. Listen to this, please. Women, the reason you should not marry a man who does not have a walk with God is this. That person who you marry cannot be clay in God's hands. Clay means flexible, moldable, changeable. If you marry a man who's not a son of God, you can mold him. Please, if you're clapping, clap well. The fact that you can hold him does not mean you can mold him. And there are many people that are holding on to people that they can mold. As a matter of fact, the Bible doesn't even say you should mold him. It says it's God that is going to mold him. So if it's not in God's hands, how do you expect him to change? <laughs> say I will change him. Listen. Oh, uh, it, I don't want to say what's in my heart, but I'll share in a private space. Listen, for people to be moldable, number one, they must be made of material that you can mold. You can't mold stone. No matter how wet, you make it. Look at your neighbor, say it's not about, yeah. Say you can't mold, you can't mold stone. Tell the person. Me, I'm a different species. I, I, would, I'm, I can be very wet. You cannot mold stone. If it's not God's son, don't expect him to change. It says, God, you are our father. Listen, can I just even say this? Even those who are God's sons, you still need to knead, punch, put water. Press, spin, polish. Right? You now want to go and carry rock. Olumo rock. He says, though, you are a father, you are a sustainer, you are a sustainer. In other words, for the man, what I need to understand is that my father is also the one that can mold me. That can sort out my issues, my complications. He said, God is father. What happens when people have daddy issues? 
What are the things that tend to happen when fathers are absent? What are the things that God has to create in our lives? What are the pointers that this relationship with my father may need some work? Number one, when daddies are absent, when fathers are absent, number one, there is a lack of identity. I touched on that earlier. If you struggle a lot with identity, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm called to do. I don't know what to do, where to go. There is a chance that a daddy was absent. Number two, when daddies are absent, some people say, oh, what a, woman, what a man can do. Women can do better. Sometimes it's true. But sometimes women can do better, but with a lot of bitterness. Brokenness, stress, drama, self-loathing, irritation, awkwardness, distortion. Number two, scarcity of resources, not just money, but resources required for total development. It is true that a single woman can do a lot. It is true, especially a good woman. Can we celebrate all the single fathers and single mothers in the house? Or people who, who were raised by them. It is true. They can do a lot. But how many of you have been in that place before where you're handling so many things and after a while something began to suffer? And you knew that because I was carrying so many, I forgot this, that, and the other. Listen please, what requires to raise a child is more than money. It's not just money you need. It's attention. It's time. It's patience. It's affection. It's being there, being present. Number three, there's a greater sense of insecurity. There is something about daddy being around or daddy's voice being there uh, or daddy's presence, daddy's gate, daddy's demon. Number four, there is a greater sense. Number five, number four, lack of clarity about destiny. Why? The Bible says that children are like arrows in the hands of a mighty man. What it means is a child is like an arrow waiting to be fired. It is the armor, or rather the, the warrior that aims the arrow. So they will say in America, the statistics in America are startling. Startling. That you have at least 30% of those incarcerated black African uh, American families that came out of homes where the father was absent. And they say the people that don't have fathers, they are about four times more likely to end up in jail. Now, in Africa, we don't have those kind of statistics that are documented. But look around you and think about people in your life who seem to be very dramatic. Why? Because a sense of purpose is not given to you by your friends. It's not friends that determine purpose. It's not, oh, you've come on now. It takes a father to say, this is what we stand for as a family. This is what we represent as a family. Have you noticed that in all the dispensational visitations of God, in other words, visits or encounters that God gave people to determine times, eras, ages, and dispensations, do you know it didn't appear to women? Pardon? Feminists are not like, yeah. He appears to Abraham. I will make you a great nation. He appears to Moses. Go and deliver my people. Somebody scan. Yes, scan, scan, scan. Scan, scan, scan. When it comes to propagating, multiplying, announcing, he comes to the women. 
because they know how to spread, but men know how to sow. The man is the custodian of the seed, including the seed for the future. And that's why sometimes a lot of women have a lot of achievements, but they still feel empty. They still want to come home and lean on the arms of a good man, and sometimes a bad man, and sometimes a man they know is bad for them. There's undue pain, pressure in the home when the father is absent. And so generally, that issue is an informal expression to determine the psychological issues associated with the absence of a father, or the distortion of a father, or the perversion of a father, or the abuse of a father. And affects so many things. And how do you know that you might be dealing with a daddy issue? Number one, trust. You have trust issues. Some of you may never have confronted this. Listen, it's not only women that have daddy issues. Men can have daddy issues too. The first thing is you have a trust issue in your life. You don't trust easily if you trust at all. Some of you, you're so suspicious of everything and everyone. You feel like people have an evil intention for every good deed they have. So you don't eat anywhere, not even in your house. Oh yeah, you only eat the food you cook because you don't know who has put poison in it. Oh yeah, stock. You know, somebody said to me, I had to counsel some many years ago. He said to me, he doesn't know what's wrong with him. That always feels bad. That if he's walking through anybody's lawn, he'll feel so bad that I just stepped on somebody's grass. That if he plucks a fly, he feels like he has plucked the destiny. <laughs> But some of us, when it comes to our trust issues, the gaps are so wide. And some of us have grown and we've tried, but there's a core thing you've not dealt with. The core thing is not what people did to hurt you. The core thing was at an earlier stage of your life, the person that was supposed to be the custodian of your destiny was absent. And so it doesn't matter who has stepped in right now, there is still that gap, and you think it's the actions or inactions of the present person, but it's actually a historical gap. That needs to be confronted. Oh, can we talk now? Where are you? Where are you? I'm on my way home. Where exactly? I'm on the streets. (laughs) Which streets? Is this a sunny street? You look at the phone. You'll be looking at the phone, pressing, pressing, pressing. I'm not saying don't look at your spouse's phone. In fact, it might be good to do. But when you now have apprehension, Right? You now look, when you now look and there's nothing illicit or inappropriate there, you'll be like, they've deleted it, they've deleted it. (laughs) Trust issues. Somebody's laughing. Don't let me look in any direction because. Can we talk? Now, I'm not saying don't do that. My question is, why are you doing it and why are you doing it so frequently? Are you here? Yes, sir. Because sometimes what you want to see, you don't want to see it. But when you see it, you're happy you saw it. Then sometimes when there's nothing to see, you'll be like, it's a lie. They deleted it. Oh, can we talk now? Now, it's not just women that do it. Some men also do it. (laughs) Your perfume is smelling different. (laughs) 
Who did you hug today? There's a powder stain. <laughs> so the powder, why, why is there a powder stain? <laughs> it's hard. But sometimes it's not about relationships, it's also about investment. Jobs. At a board meeting, you are called. Your, jo- your boss really wanted to show you off. He might say, he set me up to fail. People that deal with that. You have no idea, possibly your first performance in school, your dad was not there. And it was hard for you. It left a traumatic experience in your soul that you still carry as an unhealed wound everywhere you go. Or everybody used to talk about, oh, my daddy bought this for me. My daddy bought that. And the person like, ah, you, you don't have daddy. Serious stuff. And leaves an impression there. Listen, and now you don't have daddy was an innocent statement by the speaker. But you, the recipient, it left a dent in your heart. That till today, maybe when people get other opportunities that you don't have, you still go, oh, well, I didn't have a daddy. But God is going to sort that out this morning. Trust issues, and we can go on and on. Number two, people pleasing. And this one is subtle, but it's very common. People pleasing is you're trying to please people because for some of us, maybe our parents divorced or separated, or worst case, the dad just traveled. I've heard stories of people, the father just traveled and never came back. And in some cases, never even sent money. In some cases, the father said, I'm going to throw the trash away. (laughs) And he threw himself with the trash. Hopefully, maybe, let's not say he's trash. You can't say he's trash. Right? He went away. And listen, some of the things that happened that way was some mothers were putting undue pressure on the man. And the man didn't know how to cope or take care of it. And so he disappeared. It's not an excuse. Now when it disappeared, the mother became bitter. The mother became worse and dumped the weight on the children. And so you don't know why you're so pessimistic, so negative. That's because not only was your dad away from the house, your mom was present and made you the dumping ground for all the toxic emotions. So there's so much violent bitterness and you don't know why. So how do you try to make up for that? You try to overcompensate by spending on people money you don't have. Bridal train, bridal train, bridal train. They wrote, why, why are we gonna, <laughs> help me preach, right? Am I, am I speaking? You and the person, you're not cousins, you're not covenant sisters, you're not covenant partners, you're not related apart from the blood of Jesus. And even that blood is just one drop that tied you together. But by the time you saw the Ashwe bill, can we talk? Now, a part of you wanted to say like, oh wow, this is great, oh thank you so much for the honor. I'll, you know, I'll, but I'm not in a place to be able to, you're like, eh, if I hear, please them, please them, be accepted in the beloved. <laughs> Listen, people have run into debt because of people pleasing. Sometimes you don't know why you couldn't say no to him or her or them. There's a part of you that was not built 
to be able to stand in the face of what people don't like about you with your full chest. It's a father that gives you that spine. See, when you have a father come, Jason, you have a father who's been there for you. Turn, I remember, I was, I was spoiled in a different way. I remember my junior secondary school. Uh, JSA, you know, you do 12 subjects. At that time, I did it. I don't know how many you guys do now. Sorry, you're not in junior school any longer. How many? Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> junior. 12 subjects. Right, I did 12. And I had 11 A's, 11 A's and one C. And guess what the C was in? French, not my language. So you see? <laughs> but I was feeling so bad. And my dad gave me a spine, because I'm like, why do you stain my straight A's? What am I trying to say? If you're feeling bad, I want to show you something. If you're feeling weak, maybe like you're crying, you're feeling bad, and daddy, you're about falling. Uh, don't fall, no. Be a good dad. Just stand, stand strong. Stand strong. Good, good, better. And, and you had a shoulder, right? To lean on. When you're feeling strong, you had a, a father's shoulder to lean on, celebrate with you. Feeling somehow the father was there. What happens over time is as you grow, you've developed a spine of stability. When you fail, you don't crush yourself. When you succeed, you don't over-exaggerate your success. Because you were trained, it's like a yam stalk. When a yam stalk or yam plant is growing, you put something in the ground, a stake. A father gives you a stake in destiny. A stake in life. So that whether you fail or not, there's a rock-solid person. But if the father himself had no stake, and you lean on him, it would be a mistake. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so what happens with people pleasing is that we lack that spine and we just want to rely on anybody who is there or who looks cool or who looks responsible or a social circle that will make us have a sense of acceptance. Are we hearing what I'm saying? So when you couldn't resist temptation, sometimes there was more to your inability to resist. Let me show you from the Bible. God didn't want Jesus to have daddy issues. He didn't want him. And if anybody could have daddy issues, it was Jesus. Oh, can we talk now? Yes. Your father, we know they see him. Your father now, audio. Audio God, audio daddy. Are you hearing? When a woman is pregnant and you can't find the husband around, it's a very tough thing. The doc is laughing because she possibly deals with a couple of people in the hospital, right? You see, we go to the hospital and see some women going to the maternity ward and stuff like that. And you can almost tell, almost, which one has a support, supportive man yeah. and the one that does not. Yeah. There's something about the presence of a man, even in his absence. So daddy, uh, Jesus' daddy, who's your daddy? God. Who's God? The God of Abraham. Oh, God, oh please. Please. If anybody could have daddy issues, was Jesus. Because PTA, your papa know the show. <laughs> Open day, 
You know the show. Open day, you know the inter house sports. <laughs> so, what did Jesus have to do? What did God have to do before he entered his ministry? Listen, because you cannot be an effective minister without fatherhood being sorted. You know why? People you minister to will hurt you to a point that if you are not well fathered, you will destroy them. Yeah. You will literally lay curses on people. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay, remember. I'm telling you, because ministry, it takes your soul. <laughs> and sometimes, I was going to say sometimes to hell. It's draining. Which means that if you don't have an Abba who is a source and a sustainer, you will dry up in ministry. Fathers, if you don't have a father, a spiritual father, a pastoral father, a biological father, or a father figure in your life, your career is going to tank at some point. And if it does not tank, you will succeed at your career at the expense of a family, or your health, or your sense of aliveness. Yes. God didn't want Jesus to have daddy issues. So once the people were going, who's your father? Who's your father? Who's your father? Who's your father? Who's your, father? Who's your, father? Who's your daddy? And all. Do you know what happened? The Bible says the moment Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. He says the heavens were open. In other words, his daddy opened his curtain. Sent his spirit and said, Now me get the bikini. Oh, now my boy be this. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In other words, God showed up and claimed his baby. Men, be responsible enough to own what you planted. Oh, can I talk right now? Don't sow a seed and not reap the harvest. If you sow the seed, reap the harvest. If you give birth, if you give birth to the baby, raise the baby. If you put seed in your woman, sustain what you produced. It's the way the men are not clapping for me. on this he said in whom I am well pleased in other words they couldn't see Jesus's spine but he had a spine Jesus said I don't do anything to please anybody he said I only do that which I see my father do the father already gave him approval validation on credit Jesus was not working for approval he was working from approval so it's not working to put credits in the acceptance bank account of God. Everything it was doing it was doing from that place of my father is pleased with me. People pleasing, rub many people. Thank you. Rub many people of their spine. Let me run. My time. Number three: approval, addiction, and attention obsession. Approval. Addiction and attention obsession. Many of us, and life becomes so complex sometimes because sometimes the reason that father was absent was that he legitimately loved the family and he just wanted to provide. But his mechanism of provision took him out of the house too early, too often, and too far off. See, there are stages in the life of a child that you must not miss. 
zero to seven, you die there. Don't die there. <laughs> zero to seven, full time. Yes, sir. <laughs> Everything, see, all do I said, oh, that's right, pastor. <laughs> Everything in life will cost you something. Yeah. Whenever you see any success anywhere, ask yourself at what cost? Any, anything. If you succeed in your business, it's costing you something. If you succeed in your marriage, it's costing you something. If you succeed as a parent, it's costing you something. Nobody will be an effective parent without making huge sacrifices. I can tell you how many times I get home. Sometimes I get home five, sometimes seven, sometimes nine. Whenever I get home, the boys want to jump on me. Or they want to climb and tell a story. And my natural instinct is, y'all, I'm um, like, dude, you brought them into this world, so listen to them. What you want to create, that's someone you want to preach to people. Keep it away first and pay attention to them. Now, once they've gone past seven, almost anything you're about to start doing is already contending with whatever you've already done. The seed stage is the first seven years. And for samples, argue now it's first five years. So for some of us, our fathers did all of that and then they made money. By the time you were 13, you could travel anywhere because they had made money. But they had made money, but they had also made a mistake. Because now the money they gave you when you were 16 and 17 and you went for lit party, prom. You use the money they made by virtue of their absence in the earlier year to go and wear skirts to scatter the place. Make we scatter the place tonight. I'm showing you something. Are you following? So I will show you how bad it can get. Now, because you're now conscious and you had all the money on your pleasure, it created a different paradigm to you. And your daddy said, I love you, I love you, mm, I love you, daddy, mm, I love you, daddy, mm, I love you, daddy. Mm, mm, mm. You then interpreted love as any man that can give me money. Are you seeing? So many times the issue is not the issue. The issue you're dealing with is the symptom. Approval addiction. A lot of people now wear things on social media, not because they really like it, but because that's what the culture celebrates. That's what is approved. Number four, we'll tackle the issues in the second service. Number four, attachment compulsion. This is now where you feel attached. So you are that one friend who has one friend, but that friend must never leave you in this world. Yeah. Otherwise you might die. Yeah. Yeah. Where best is right, you know where best is right? Yes. You know where best is right? Mm. And hey, I saw you taking a picture with somebody else. How come you know where best is right? <laughs> I saw your long comment on somebody else's posts. You didn't like my own. What's going on? Let's talk. Why you laugh? Some of you have friends like that. Promise me you never leave me. Did a girl tell you that? Yes, see, see. A girl, I'm telling you. Promise you never leave me. Otherwise, I will die. It's not a joke. Some people in the service are like that. And so what happens is they don't want to get close because they know if they get close, they will close up. 
You see, when you're dealing with human beings, you must understand you're dealing with God's most sophisticated and complicated invention. And so somebody can do the best thing, listen, for the worst reasons. And somebody can do the worst things for what they thought in that moment to be the best reasons. <laughs> Telling attachment compulsion. It also even happens between a father and the children, or mother and the children. They become so attached to their children because they were not close to their parents. Oh, come on, talk to me now. You see, you, you have to put yourself in the light of God and say, like David, God, search me and see. Because many times we think it's just talking about fornication and iniquity. That's basic. There's some attitudinal dispositions you have that are fractures from Adam. And every dissonance between you and the image of Christ is part of what brings pressure in your life. So sometimes you don't know why, but you're just uneasy daddy issues some people are so used to dissonance that when there is none they have to create it right something must be wrong you know why we become comfortable with the things we're consistently exposed to so even when there's no drama we're not comfortable that there's no drama By the way, let me say this. Women love excitement. A lot of women love excitement. So let me give men, uh, you, can, you can tell me whether I'm wrong, relationship counselor. Right. Women, like, women don't like flatlining. They like fun. Yeah. I hope you know. So sometimes the drama they are causing is not from an evil place. Yeah. It's from a place of, I still day, I still day, I still day here. Okay, can we talk? Is that true, women? You know, you're not preaching for me today. I wouldn't be today. Isn't that so? How can you just be having a good week? Focusing on your work and everything. No. Let's talk. 2 a.m. Wake up. <laughs> Sometimes. So let me tell you what you have to do as a man. Create the drama before they create it. Yes. If there's something on my mind though, then when you say, hey, what is it? I'll tell you next week. <laughs> BLT. That, that thing, that question you asked me that day, that question, that was part of what I was doing really. <laughs> but apparently it did not land well. <laughs> I was just being, <laughs> me too, let me just put you in a zone. So she told me, I'm like, eh, hey, really? <laughs> Are you see what I'm saying? Create drama. But positive ones. <laughs> Is there positive drama? <laughs> Attachment compulsions. We can get attached to our children and it's unhealthy. And so you're apprehensive and fearful instead of being generous and grateful. Yeah. So you're about, oh, call me, oh, call me, oh, call me. That means he represents what my husband is in my life. My dear one, my husband. <laughs> 
And number four, number five, so I can close in the service. Rebellious actions and patterns of misbehavior, or patterns of rebellious actions, rebellion and misbehavior. Most people get into drugs. Most people get into violence. Most people who get into sex trafficking, most of them had a deficiency of a male figure. Because one of the things that a male figure does is that he's not just the spine as in the stick in the garden. See, when a man puts his foot down, I hope you know things begin to align. If a house is scattered, it's often because the man has not agreed to set order in that place. Because one of the greatest gifts of a woman is the ability, listen, to align with the most dominant force in the space. This is the reason many women love people who have authority and people who use authority. Women, is it not true? Don't you like leaders? Shout it, women. Don't you, some of you have a crush on pilots? And soldiers. Pastors, right? I don't worry about it. I'm crushing them a pastor. <laughs> Jerry, are you here? It is not a carnal thing. It is because those pictures are the closest representations of what your soul was designed to handle. wired to align with the most dominant force. Let me show you something in the Bible. After God made Eve and Adam saw Eve, how many of you are aware that Eve didn't say, which of these people will I even help? Let me go and help the lion. She didn't fall for the giraffe. The giraffe was taller than Adam. So it's not about your height, man. You can be short and still be in charge. Oh, you're not here. He didn't go for the lion. The lion was wilder. Had hair everywhere. You know, some women, they like to stroke the hair on their husband's chest. It's not about the hair. It's about the dominant authority that has the intelligence to distribute divine energy. When Eve saw that lion will come and greet Adam, that giraffe will come and bow to Adam, that crocodile will come and bow, say, ah, nah, this one, is this one I'm going to help. Most women are hypergamists. They want to marry up. So if you're not up yet, carry yourself up. Man up. Patterns of rebellion misbehavior. Men, please stop leaving off women. It's below you. Say, hey, as your salary entered. Yes, and send, send, send. Now, I'm not saying you can't have a season or even a lifetime of that. But I'm saying, what else are you bringing to the table? In other words, whatever you're bringing, <laughs> this proverbial table, they've been bringing things to for two or three years now. Whatever you're bringing must represent greater value in the life of the woman than the money she's bringing. Yeah. And there are many things that are better than money. Yeah. Direction. Wisdom, prophetic insight, oversight, care, love, right? Some simple things. 
So I was teaching some people in the course of the week. I said, sometimes I don't do it all the time. But sometimes, because I know my wife likes the house very prim and proper. Sometimes I'm praying in the kitchen. Praying in the kitchen. <laughs> At night, and I usually pray 1, one 2 a.m. there about. I'm like, as I'm praying, you know, once I'm done, I'm going to do the dishes. Or sometimes, as I'm praying, I'll do the dishes, anoint the plates with prayer. <laughs> Whatever. So as you eat it, oil. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? There are certain things that women look out for here. Yes. This is the reason some of them end up with stupid boys who are sweet. Yeah. Sweet, stupid boys association. <laughs> when there are no fathers, rebellion. And misbehavior. Somebody said something about, about a, a mutual friend. He said this person, because the person has, the person is, yeah, good guy, but he has some things, some things around him that, yeah. So, so a mutual friend said, Peter, this person, all these things he's doing, he's doing, he said he's having daddy issues. He said he's craving the attention of a father. That because he wants to get the attention of a father, he will do this, 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 because he just wants that father to know that he exists. He's looking for affirmation. Many of the people that caused problems in primary school, before peer pressure was peer pressure, they lacked care at home, so they would get the attention of the next authority figure, aka teacher or principal, in any means necessary, including breaking school rules. People are not paying attention to me. You will hear it. I will break. By some, I break two heads. And the whole subject of the assembly discussion is about me. See, because ego is neutral about the source that feeds it. Do you get what I'm saying? Ego will feed from a dirty plate. That's why ego will be fed by sycophants. No psychophants, sycophants. You see, right? This is the reason the first thing God shows us in First John chapter one verse three. He says, "Behold, what manner of love that chapter three verse one that the Father has given to us that we should be called the sons of God." Give me the list of five. Give me the list of five, very quickly. Number one, if we know that God is our Father. If I operate with the reality that God is my source and that God is my sustainer, the first thing that happens in my life, give me the list I gave you earlier, media, is that I will not have trust issues. If not this one, if I know that God is my father, if I rest in that reality, how many of you know I won't have trust issues? If I'm a father and I know God is my father and the bill is staring me in my face, and my wife is saying, how are we going to pay the school fees? Or the school fees, as the case may be. Where will the Ashraibi money for the family event come from? Because I'm a, God, I'm a father who knows that God is my father. And I trust my father. How many of you know that the need is going to be met? It's a trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge him. What will he do? He will direct your path. But the direction you need is rooted in the trust you must demonstrate. God says, there's no need for me to show you a path if you don't trust me. Because if you don't trust me, you can't trust my path. If I know 
that God is my father. I will not do things to please people. I will do things to please God. And how do I please God? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Which means that the way I please God is to walk by faith and not by sight. If I know that God is my father, I will not need to chase approval. Long after attention, Jesus was so satisfied with God being his father that when he did many miracles, he said, Don't loud, it's just be quiet. In other words, I'm not depending on the attention. The one whose attention the whole world is looking for has given me his attention. I'm forever satisfied in the presence of my God because I have his attention. If I know that God is my father, I know that my strongest attachments, I should have attachments, not many, few. I'm predominantly family and covenant friends. But I know that my greatest atta- attachment is my Heavenly Father. This is why you're now going to understand how powerful the moment on the cross was when Peter betrayed Jesus. Jesus didn't say, My Peter, me, my Peter. Why have you betrayed me? When John was there with the mother and was helpless, say, John, John, why are you so helpless? When Nathaniel and Philip had left, he said, Philip, Philip, Nathaniel, where are you? But when, in that moment of separation, the father said, I don't behold iniquity, even though this sacrifice is accepted. Said, my what? My father, my father, why? In this human experience, the first time, because what happened is Jesus was made seen. The eyes of God are too holy to behold iniquity. In that moment, even though God the Son and God the Father are eternally, inextricably, covenantedly connected, in that moment, in the human experience, God could not behold the sin that Jesus had become. He didn't take his eyes away from the flogging and the mess, no. It was the imputing of the world's judgment upon him. And in that moment, it's like you're going through a very tough time and the closest person to you does not understand. Say, why have you forsaken me? Is how people are looking at their covenant partners and friends for me. It's like, it's like this, this whole, whole service. <laughs> are we here? So God spoke, my beloved son, well pleased. In Romans 8, if you can go to Romans 8 very quickly. He said, we're no longer debtors to the flesh, to live after the flesh. He said, now that we live according to the spirit, verse 13. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now, many times when we look at this volume, we think about it in terms of sin. But let me invite you to something that will free somebody today. Apply the redemptive sacrifice of Christ to every area of your life, including the daddies that abandoned you. Die to what died in you by virtue of their absence. This is deep, but this is the source of life. Self-denial is not just turning my back to my canal desires. It's turning my back against the me that wants to get back at those who hurt me. Turning my back against the me that I think I've become because I didn't have a father in my life. Because listen, if I don't do that, what it means is in my mind, I'm saying, 
My biological father has a greater stake in my destiny than my heavenly father. That's what I'm saying. If I am saying the deficiency of a biological father can damage my destiny or permanently hurt me, then what I'm saying is that the paternity of God is not strong enough to undo what was damaged or fractured or broken or forgotten or untapped or undeveloped by virtue of the absence of my dad. He says, this is what I must do now. Put to death the deeds, the reactions of my outer life. He says, if I do that, that's how I'm going to leave us 14. We're going to leave that way. Oops. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, who are these? Who are they? Who are they? Somebody say, I'm a son of God. In the second service, I'll pick it up from here and speak about sonship. A son is a proceed of the father. What does it mean? Jesus said, he that has seen me has seen the father. Why? Because I see the father. I said, no one has ever seen the father, but the only son of God, he has made him known. Which means that my perfect picture of paternity and fatherhood and family must be God. Speaking in the course of the weeks to a couple of people, I said, look through the Bible. I think I even sent PLT a, me- a message about it. I was trying to look for model families inside the Bible. Ladies and gentlemen, there's none. Sad. And for the first time, it occurred to me that one of the things that Jesus comes to do is that he comes to show us the perfection of God and that it's only through intimate union with him that we can reproduce that in our lives. Abraham walked with God, but he slept with his housemaid. Not out of lust, but out of the pressure of his wife. Moses, did you hear anything about his children? Delivered a nation. What happened to your family? Can you tell us? Elijah called on fire from heaven. Show me. How about your family? Noah saved the world. We couldn't save some from nudity. Noah was the first pornographer in the Bible. I mean, no disrespect. But his son saw him naked. Are you seeing this? I want to marry a perfect man. If you marry a perfect man, your imperfection will make him imperfect. What must happen is that each person must study the paternity of God and reflect that paternity to the other party. If you take that light and you reflect to your spouse, she bounces off that light. You reflect it, boom, bounces off. Bounce is a light exchange. But if you close up that area of your life, that relationship cannot even heal. Are you getting the point? Somebody just talk to God in your own way right now. Talk to God in your own way right now. We'll go further in the second service. Is somebody just grateful to God for what we've heard this morning? I'm sure we've been able to see God, the paternity of God, and what it means to us. we thank you for the word you've sent to us today we thank you because you've spoken to our hearts you've healed us and touched us in places that really matter 
For some of us, it's an exposure to things that we've not thought of before now. But Lord, we are grateful for your intentionality. It still goes to show that you are an intentional father. Thank you for everything that you've spoken to today. Thank you for every issue that has been addressed this morning. Thank you because the life-giving word is able and is actually transforming us from today. And we will begin to see the works in our lives in Jesus' name. And at the end of the day, we won't be walking around as broken people. But we will be able to stand in a place fulfilling destiny and doing the works that you have sent us to do wholly and not doing it haphazardly or partly in the name of Jesus. We pray that you would help us from today to walk in the confidence that we have a father in you in the assurance that you are there for us as a father to, to, to fill all the places that seemed like a vacuum. Thank you, Father, for today. Thank you for the transformative power of the word that has touched every one of us this morning. We pray that as we go from today, we begin to see the fruits in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Is somebody just grateful for that powerful word that just came to us today? I mean, it exposed us to a lot of things. I don't know for you, I don't know how it is for you, but I know that from different angles that we, we might have taken this word, we can see ourselves and we can see places that God has touched us from. Let's just give glory to God one more time and, and bless him for his intentionality. And let's thank God for Pastor Dami, who God has used as a father indeed in this place. Um, Pastor Dami has been a father. If you know he has been his father, can we just celebrate him in this place? Oh God, Josh, has Pastor Dami been a father? Can we put those hands together intentionally? I mean, this is, it's, it's, it's beyond just saying um, fatherhood and everything, but he expresses it. It's an image of a father that we see here, and we are grateful for that. Yes. All right, ma'am. I'm so sorry. I want to quickly share something for my sisters, especially the women in the house. Hi, Farah. Good to see you. Didn't see you yesterday. Um... I can relate very practically with everything Pastor Dami shared today, and I thank God that he's brought me through a long way of the journey, and I'm at the tail end of it. Um, I mean, I grew up without my dad actively, but God was so merciful, so, so merciful. I don't know how or why he did it, but I'm thankful. So when, when I was nine, my parents got separated. And then I started living with my grandparents, and my grandfather was amazing, fantastic. My grandfather is almost 90 now. My heart is preparing for when he will pass. Not that I'm praying that he will, but I know that over the next few years, you should check on me that time. I will not be okay. Just telling you in advance. Um, I have the propensity, proclivity, potential to be a very bad girl and a very Jesus girl. And I think that the devil knew that. And when my parents split and I didn't have this daddy figure, I could have gone south. And I started the journey. I was already on my way. I was driving down with full speed. 
And then God planted me again in a house called the Fountain of Life Church, where I had Pastor Tai Wodukoya, another amazing father. And that spine thing, Pastor Dami was demonstrating, I saw it. Pastor Bimbo was great. I don't know how many of us even know Pastor Bimbo, but she was amazing. And I'm not saying we are alive. I don't know. I'm trying to be careful. Even when Pastor Bimbo passed, Pastor Taiwo being there made all of us strong. I don't want to say what I want to say live. Pastor Bimbo will have done a great job, but there's something about the presence of a father that made us stand strong. And so when I was going to get married again, I could have married a dunce, a stupid boy, a rich, fine, stupid boy. But I knew I needed a father. And so Pastor Dami came. So especially for ladies, research has shown that when fathers and daughters are close, their lives are better. Study it. And daddies and daughters have a natural bond. Have you seen all those videos on Instagram where the mommy and the daddy are trying to, you know, be loving and kissing and the daughter will just remove the mommy's hand. Why are you touching my daddy? Have you seen those videos? It's real, real life. I have, I have friends that have daughters and they are like that with their dads. There's something about it. And for some of us, we don't have that relationship. For some of us, we're in kings because we can see Pastor Dami in that light. Connect, you need it. Don't hide, you need it. If you don't have it, you won't have a good relationship even for your boss. When you marry, that's when you will not really know that you have daddy issues. And then it's a mess. It's harder to deal with at that time. When you hear people like Engineer Deodio talking about their daughter, talking about their children, like, wow, I wish my daddy was like that. Well, your daddy was not. He is. Can you try to get close? Can you try to ask questions? Mr. T is now a daddy of three. He's not beans. There's something he knows. <laughs> try and get close. Try and ask questions. Sometimes it won't drop on your lap. You have to go and look for it. You have, your parents didn't get it right. You have to look for the right image. Don't just say, nobody loves me, nobody cares about me, nobody's asking about me. Ask about them. Look for them. Women, we need it. We need it. You've cried enough. You've pitied yourself enough. You've been broken enough. Get close to PDAMs, ask questions. Some of you are in relationships, I won't mention names by the spirits, that your boyfriend is beating you and you are a king. Something is broken, something is amiss, it's a daddy issue. Women, there's so much that we can be, there's so much that we can become, but if we don't have a spine, it can get really messy real quick. And the funny thing is that still some men that will help us mess up our lives. But it's still a man that you need to correct it. It's a man you need to correct it. Forget all these people are shouting outside. It's a man that you need to correct it. Yeah, there are some things women will do for you, some things your sisters, your aunties, your mom will do for you. But what a father, a man will do, will go a long, 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 long way. Amen? Sorry, sir. Thank you so very much for that, PLT. Can we celebrate her? Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org. 
and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.